Welcome on into Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Thanks again for joining us on a Wednesday hump day edition of the show. Hopefully you guys didn't miss our our media day special yesterday, not draft day special, media day special yesterday that we put up last night. If you didn't, go, you can go back and listen to that. You'll hear from Ivan Mazel, a great writer from ESPN, a lot of the CFB 150 initiatives. Sean Walker, who's been a regular contributor to the podcast, is my co-host live at the BYU Broadcasting Facility there in Provo, and we talk about some of our takeaways from Media Day, so you can listen to that there. Today's podcast, we're going to talk some BYU basketball news with a series announcement that came out yesterday amidst all the football fervor that was going on with BYU Football Media Day. We'll talk about the Cougar Cagers a little bit. Also, you'll hear from Jeff Grimes, BYU Offensive Coordinator. He was on with DJ and PK yesterday. Had some good thoughts on the continued improvement of Zach Wilson's shoulder the health there, Jaron Hall and the like. You'll hear about, hear about that in the second segment. Of course, we'll catch up on everything else going on in BYU sports news in the final segment of today's show. Kind of the rundown for you there. Today's podcast brought to you by our good friends at Twillery.com. Thank them for their continued support of Locked On Cougars and the Locked On Podcast Network. And with that, let's get going. This is the Locked On Cougars podcast for June 19th, 2019. <laughs> Hi guys, I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. It's a blast to bring this podcast to you guys each and every day. I uh, met a guy yesterday, I believe Mr. Warner. Hopefully I got his name right. I might have been Brad. I'm going to be completely wrong on that, but I believe the last name was Warner. Met him at BYU Media Day yesterday. Says he doesn't miss a single one of these podcasts, and that's kind of indicative of the conversations I have with fans when I do meet them. I thank you guys for your continued support of the show. And just to remind Reminder for you guys, when you are driving to or from work or around town, dropping kids off or whatever, make sure you plug in your smart device and tell it, play podcast Locked on Cougars, and we'll be right there with you for the drive, keeping you up to date on all the BYU news that you need to know about. Let's start off with some news in the BYU basketball realm. Of course, it was BYU football media day yesterday, but the news cycle doesn't stop. An announcement coming out yesterday that BYU has signed a home-and-home deal over the next two seasons to face off against Boise State. Uh, The first game will be played in Boise and Taco Bell Arena on November 20th this year. The second game will be played in the Marriott Center in Provo on a date to be announced. And I think this is a great series for BYU. Boise State's been a good partner with BYU in football as an independent playing a long-term series there. 12 years, I think it was the original deal when they signed it. And BYU hasn't played Boise State in basketball since 2008. Granted, Boise State in basketball is a far cry from the steady eddy that is the Broncos football program. But this is a good regional matchup. Boise State has seen an uptick in recent years of their basketball program. Struggled through a rough season a year ago. Weren't great. Uh, had injury issues. All kinds of different things happened to them. But the previous years before that, Boise State had been considered an upper echelon Mountain West team. Kind of knocking on the door of getting getting a NCAA tournament bid and I think this will be a good good showing for the Cougars. They faced Boise State 13 times before. BYU owns this 9 to 4 advantage in the series. So I think that uh, BYU 
picked up a good series here. They've put together a pretty good schedule, period. Uh, the WCC schedule is out. BYU, of course, will face Gonzaga and St. Mary's home and home. And I like the new the way the, Mount, the West Coast Conference has done it. They've eliminated two of the conference games, which you only play two of your opponents, one on the road, one at home. And I think it's a smart way to go about it, to kind of build the RPI for the conference there. And then BYU also playing in the Maui Invitational this year could play teams like Kansas in that tournament there on the island of Maui in Hawaii. It's a big opportunity for BYU. They're going to face teams like San Diego State, UNLV, Nevada, Houston. That was what they had last year. I believe Houston and uh, Nevada in particular on the schedule to come to BYU this coming year. It's an opportunity for the Cougars to make a big-time impact, and I'm interested to see where they can shake out. We've talked a lot about on this podcast, Mark Pope and the senior laden squad he suddenly finds himself with and the expectations that come along with that. The schedule this year is a big opportunity for the Cougars to go out and really make an impact when it comes to the non-conference schedule in particular. Beat teams like Boise State, yeah, that's not going to be a massive RPI boost, but it's still a solid win. It's a far cry from when they used to play Mississippi Valley State, which was just a, a dog when it came to the scheduling for BYU. They need to schedule more teams like a Boise State who are a solid Mountain West team versus a team like a Texas Southern who spend all of their non-conference on the road just playing money games, but they're not good and you're you're pretty much buying a win. And I don't think that helps BYU in any way, shape, or form. So I do like this setup for BYU to take on the Boise State Broncos. All right, we will step aside here, come back on the other side, going to catch up with BYU Offensive Coordinator Jeff Grimes live from Media Day yesterday. He was on with DJ and PK on the Zone Sports Network, the show that I produce for my day job. Some great thoughts on Zach Wilson's continued improvement Movement, overcoming his shoulder uh, surgery and also an interesting tidbit about Jaron Hall and he doesn't reveal much but he does mention that Jaron Hall could see more action this year on the field for BYU in various capacities so we'll get to that next right here on the Locked on Cougars podcast before we do that though today I want to talk to you about today's sponsor on the show and that is our good friends at Twillery.com those of you that work in the professional sphere and wherever you work in business law whatever you got you have to dress up you have to wear a dress shirt you have to drive business casual, button up. Twillery is here to help you guys have the best options in terms of restocking your closet. They want to make it as easy, as they say, as restocking the soda in your fridge. Easy, affordable, and the perfect fit guaranteed. They offer non-iron, untuckable, and performance dress shirts for as low as $55 each, which their competitors sell for over $100. All you do is just bundle them together and get those savings. And with free shipping and returns, you can try on some Twills risk-free. As they like to say, feeling is believing when it comes to Twillery. Check them out, guys. Fantastic shirts. I have really enjoyed the ones they have sent to me. I've worn them to church. I don't have to necessarily dress up in a button-up every day for work, but they've been great shirts going to church, etc. They are dress shirts that breathe and don't sweat. They're size like dress shirts with neck and sleeve sizes, not just the medium, small, medium, large, XL, double XL. As they say, save that for the big gulps. Check it out, guys. Twillery.com. And right now, if you use the promo code Locked On L-O-C-K-E-D, and you can receive $25 off your initial order. A fantastic option to restock your closet when it comes to your shirts. Go to twillery.com slash locked on. Use that promo code locked on, like I said, for $25 off. L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. Restock your closet, guys, with twillery.com slash locked on. (laughs) 
Welcome back to Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. Please subscribe, rate, and review, especially if you're new to the show. Follow the show on whatever podcast you're listening to. Give us a good rating and a review if you don't mind. Those five-star ratings, especially on Apple Podcasts, are worth their weight in podcast gold. And I thank you guys for your continued support of the show. All right, let's get to it. Jeff Grimes is on with DJ and PK on the Zone Sports Network live from BYU Media Day yesterday. Had some great thoughts on Zach Wilson, where he stands coming off that shoulder surgery, Jaron Hall, what he could do for the BYU offense, and just kind of the continued improvement of a young offense that Grimes took over a year ago that could be an intact for as long as three years in terms of the key components uh, going into the 2020 season. It's a big-time opportunity for Jeff Grimes to really develop a reputation as an offense offensive coordinator if his charges the guys playing underneath him continue to develop at the pace they showed through the latter half of last year so here you go Jeff Grimes with David James and Patrick Kinahan on the Zone Sports Network live from BYU Media Day yesterday talking a little BYU football right now with the offensive coordinator Jeff Grimes it is year two it's almost a cliche but I think it's cliche because it's always too true does year two just feel so much better than year one Guys know what they're supposed to do. You're speaking the same lingo. You're on the same page. Way easier than getting to know everybody and installing everything. Certainly. Yeah, we're, we're excited about that. And, you know, football is a sport. I, I don't know. I've, I've never coached another sport or even been good enough to play another sport, really. But um, I think strategy, because strategy matters so much in football, experience matters um, maybe a little bit more than it does in other sports, particularly at positions like quarterback and the offensive line. And so the other part of that experience is experience within the system. So we have both of those things coming back. We got experience within the system and guys who have played. And so, yeah, I certainly feel better about where we are. Um, nonetheless, we got a lot of good people to, to play against. I think people want to know the status of Zach Wilson as far as him being able to be ready when you start camp in August. I think he will be. All indications to this point are that he's doing great. He tells me it's it's going well. He's got uh, progression that he's following. Doctor's protocol keeps him within a certain um, within certain parameters each week, and and he's making progress. And um, I, I think there's no question he'll be ready to go. Of course, he needs receivers. His top receiver last year was Matt Bushman. Tight end, led the team in catches, yards, yards per catch and all that. But with tight ends, there's always a question, how effective are they in the run game? Do you see Matt evolving, growing, becoming a, a, a complete tight end? Yeah, I do. Um, unfortunately, he also missed spring ball. And so there's not much um, – there wasn't a lot of progression necessarily this spring. But his progression during the fall was one that went from being a guy – like a lot of guys who play tight end nowadays, a guy who was basically a receiver in high school and then – was talented enough as a true freshman just to catch a bunch of passes and then the next year okay now we need you to become a complete player and I think he certainly progressed in that regard last year but I'm looking for him to take a a big jump uh, this season. Do you think that with the offense that you had installed for Zach Wilson now that he has that experience of five, six games, whatever it is, and then he hasn't been on the field in spring ball, but I'm sure he's been with you and in the film room and all that stuff. Do you think the offense will expand significantly based on his comfortability and knowledge and experience? Yeah, I do. I think um, 
We will, you know, certainly we made a change when he became the quarterback along with some other things that took place last year and we were playing to his strengths and to the strengths of our team. Um, but when you make a midstream switch like that in the middle of a the season, there are only, there's only so much you can do. And right. so there'll be, there'll be some things and we've spent a lot of time this off season as a coaching staff discussing what's the next step for us. Um, and even though Zach hasn't been um, able to actually throw, he's just he he's such a gym rat. I think he's made up for that just by watching film and spending a ton of time um, behind the scenes studying the game. And um, I really think that'll pay off. And I think even though he hasn't been able to throw this spring, I think he'll be a significantly better player this fall than he was last year. Every quarterback needs a good running game and a good running back. Can you take us through the whole process? How do you end up getting a graduate transfer from South Carolina? <laughs> well, it was interesting with, with the grad transfer thing um, with, with both of the guys that we got, Emmanuel and Tyson. Um, we didn't know for an extended amount of time for sure whether we'd be able to get them for two reasons. On one hand, there's their recruitment, and certainly they had other suitors. And then the other side of it is got to get them into grad school, which is not as easy as getting a guy into an undergrad program. And so, um, you know, we lost um, Squally and Matt Hadley and then um, – Another guy decided to transfer, and so we said we, we need some help, and so let's go try to find a couple of guys. And Emmanuel obviously was a guy that 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 A.J. had a lot of, of knowledge of. He recruited him and coached him at Rice. Um, and then we just continued to look at what was out there and the guys who were available and um, just – AJ found Tyson. We began to get to know him and build a relationship with him, and and then that that recruiting process was not um, was not unlike what it is with any recruit. Really, at that point, it's us versus a number of other people who were competing for his services, and. In the end, we were we were able to convince him this was the best place for him. But I think both of those guys will add some experience and hopefully a different element to our run game but we have a number of other guys that I thought had good springs so uh, that combined with the fact that our offensive line will be bigger stronger and more experienced will will make us a better run team and then if we're able to throw the football better which I'll be shocked if we're not able to um then that should make our run game better when obviously when a defense um, is able to make you one-dimensional or key on one thing over the other, then it makes the, the other element much more challenging. You got a kid, Jeff, and Jaron Hall that we've seen just tantalize us on the practice field, and we've seen him tantalize us on the baseball field. And uh, the kid is just an exceptional athlete, and so he gets the year back. So there's a class difference between him and Zach by one year. Zach will be a sophomore. Hall will be a redshirt freshman. Uh, So if it plays out, I mean, you want your starting quarterback to be healthy the whole time. Uh, Do you have any way that you can get Jaron out on the field in the meantime yes and what is that um, <laughs> to be determined <laughs> uh, I think that'll, that, that'll obviously I mean Jaron's one of the best uh, skill players that we have right and um, when you have a guy like that it, it certainly behooves you to find a way to get him on the field um, but without going into detail, I'll just say that we'll have ways to to allow Jaron to impact our game um, 
regardless of how how healthy Zach is. Okay, that's good. Do you have enough talent and enough depth to handle a schedule that's got three Pac-12 schools, a road trip to an SEC school, three of the probably four best Mountain West Conference teams? Because this looks like a beast of a schedule. It certainly is. Um, And I think we showed last year that we have enough talent to play with anybody if we play well. Um, what we didn't do is play well consistently enough to, to, to play at our best every week. And again, I think that's something that, that experience um, will give us. I felt like last year there was a real hunger on our team, particularly on our offense, to show that, that we could bounce back from what had happened previously. I think this year there's, a, there's the next challenge, and that's to show that we can play with anybody on a, on a more consistent basis. Um, whether we can do that every single week is obviously something that we won't know until we actually get there. And, and certainly I think that we will. And, you know, as a coach, there's only one way to take it. And that's it's obviously a cliche, but you really do take them one week at a time. Um, but I think our our experience and another year in the weight room with Nuu and Justin and AJ and all those guys, um, I think that'll make a significant difference for us in terms of of, of what we can show there, but it it is a, it is a challenge, and we'll obviously know what we're made of by the end of September. So we have looked at BYU, and you know, we DJ and I've been around forever. We were here your first time many years ago, so we know a lot about BYU football, and we can talk to when BYU's offense has really been at its best. The tight end was used uh, very much so, and it was an integral part. And not only one tight end, but multiple tight ends that BYU's been able to put out on the field who've been outstanding and we spoke of Bushman we saw how he came on as the season progressed and we expect him to be able to pick up and get better but we're wondering about that second tight end Putu Tao has been a player but he hasn't been able to keep himself healthy what is his status and what do you envision as a role for him into this season if he's healthy, and I have no reason to think that he won't be, I, I see him um, being just as good as Matt, and 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 they each have their their skill set. But he's an unbelievably talented player, right. and, and you saw that early last season. Um, and so I'm assuming that he'll be healthy, and um, he's he, just like we talked about with Zach. He's on track. He's making progress. Um, but again, that's one thing you don't really know until you get to practice. But I'm hoping that he will be. And then we've we've got a couple of other young guys um, that that haven't necessarily played a lot, but uh, we think are talented talented guys who will help us there as well. But there's there's always a challenge to get your best guys on the field. However you do that, and so if it's 12 personnel where we put two tight ends on the field, which we did a lot, particularly um, towards the end of the season last year with Matt and Dallin Holker. Um, that super. That's great. And I think that's particularly if those guys can, bl- can play in condensed formations and you can spread them out. It makes it more challenging for a defensive coordinator because he has to defend the, quote, spread game yep. as well as uh, a formation that would that would make him defend eight gaps in the run game. And that's a challenge, I think, for defenses. And so I'd love to be able to play in 12 as much as possible. But if our best personnel group is, 12, is 11 personnel where we only have one tight end or um, – 21 personnel where we have two tailbacks in the backfield or 10 personnel with four receivers. I think our system's versatile enough that we can do that. 
You know, uh, when you meet people, I always say this in life, whenever, and this can happen anywhere. It can happen at work, home, whatever. When you meet people and they say something that you think, then you think that person is very smart. I think you're really smart. Uh, yeah, I appreciate that. <laughs> hey, I think you are too. <laughs> the, du- the double tight ends, you don't see it a lot because just I guess there just aren't enough good tight ends to run it. But when you see it, it looks like it just crushes people. And we see, I think people here see Stanford run it a lot. And it just seems those tight ends and they're talented and they're running a linebacker and guys don't know if they're going to get blocked or if a guy's going to dip his shoulder and run by him and be open down a seam. And it just seems like... Why don't more teams do this? And does it just come down to the availability of tight ends? There just aren't enough guys who can do it? Yeah, particularly nowadays, there aren't enough tight ends who can actually block a Sam linebacker. You know, a, a guy that's 6'4", 250 pounds. You just don't find a lot of tight ends who are either capable or willing really? of doing that because so many of them nowadays are trained. Even, I mean, if you look at the guys that we've got, I mean, they were they they played tight end supposedly in high school, but they did that just because they were bigger than most yeah. of their receivers. They were really playing a Y position, but really they were receivers. Yeah. And so they really haven't had to put their hand in the dirt and block somebody at the point of attack. And so I think there just aren't that many guys who can actually do that. Um, but again, if, if, if we can play with with Matt Bushman on the field and he can play attached to the formation or we can split him out by himself and see who the defense wants to cover him with, then it only it, it not only forces the defense to make a decision, but it also tips their hand a little bit in terms of what type of coverage they're going to be playing. So at your core, you're an offensive lineman and you got all sorts of experience there. How comforting is that to know that you've got a lot of guys, potentially NFL guys, up front to set the tone? I feel certainly better about it than I did going into last season where we did not have much experience. Um, but we got to get better there. we got to play better in the offensive line. We need to run the football better. We need to protect the quarterback better. But again, I, I think... Um, at that position, along with quarterback experience, probably makes the biggest difference, mm-hmm. um, more so than other positions, for sure. Do you expect Steve Clark on the field to leap into your arms like he did at Wisconsin <laughs> against Utah? I hope we have a moment like that somewhere <laughs> this season because that was kind of cool. Because <laughs> I captured that with my camera phone. <laughs> yeah, that was um, that was a fun moment. <laughs> I saw him running and he just and you're much bigger than he is and leaping into your arms. That was an incredible victory. Yeah, it was. It was a lot of fun and I think again it 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 um it was just one win um and when you don't win as many as you'd like to you look back on it at the end of the season and you say man we need a few more of those but once again i think it it told our players that we can play with anybody if we played our capability jeff grimes byu offensive coordinator we appreciate a few minutes thanks for joining us here at byu football media day hey you bet guys there you go, Jeff Grimes, and I'm interested to hear and see what they decide to do with Jaron Hall. That's exciting to hear that they have plans to get him on the field in various capacities. Uh, of course, Coach Grimes being very coy about what they're going to do in particular, and I completely understand that. You don't want to give it up and say it in June, hey, we're going to use our double quarterback formation. That's not the way you do it. You you work on it throughout the offseason with the plans. You get into fall camp. You start working with the players, kind of explain what you're thinking with it, and I'm 
I'm excited for that. And I think this offense is very much on the upswing when it comes to BYU. They got a strong young offensive line, a, a budding superstar at quarterback. The running back position's been restocked. Wide receivers are coming along. The tight ends should lead BYU in receiving once again this year. Some big opportunities. And we'll play interviews like this over the coming weeks. I had a chance to catch up with a lot of assistant coaches. And we'll also play some of the interviews from the Zone Sports Network as well from BYU Media Day to get you ready for the 2019 season. Today is day number 71 as we continue our player countdown series towards the Holy War. Today we're going to talk about incoming tight end Carter Wheat. Of course, he is the son of former BYU offensive lineman Warren Wheat. And I know number 71 is not a traditional offensive, uh, I mean, not offensive line, a tight end number. But Carter Wheat coming in, I think, really has a big opportunity here to make an impact for the Cougars. Wheat was kind of a lightly regarded prospect coming out of high school down there in Arizona, played for Red Mountain High School. I actually have a good friend that went to Red Mountain way back in the day, but he comes in with an offensive lineman's mentality, having played for a BYU former BYU offensive lineman, having a dad coach him in Warren Wheat. Carter's going to have an opportunity to come in and make an impact right away. There's a lot of tight ends coming back off of injury. That position's very well stocked in terms of bodies, but I think a guy like Carter Wheat could come in and be a surprise guy. We'll see if he continues to develop at the pace that people think he could, but he was a low-level three-star prospect, number 97 in his position nationally. I'm really excited to see what Carter Wheat can show this fall. I know that Steve Clark has mentioned him multiple times when talking uh, with the BYU tight ends coach, so that means that they expect some things from Carter Wheat, and we'll see how it all shakes out for him. All right, we will step aside here, come back with some final thoughts on today's edition of the podcast. Before we do that, though, a reminder for you guys, the NBA draft is tomorrow, and if you are interested in how your team, the Jazz, the Lakers, whatever we're going to do, are going to do, the Locked On NBA Mock Draft has already gone down. The local experts in their draft rooms have made their picks. Jeremy Wu of SI.com had player breakdowns, and Josh Lloyd from Locked On Fantasy Basketball weighs in with his fantasy breakdown. You all check that out right now at Locked On NBA right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. More in a moment. This is Locked On Cougars. guys thanks again for joining us on today's podcast before we go run out of time real quick here, i want to remind you guys to go out and check the new cougar canyon that's coming to lavelle edwards stadium in 2019 an all-new fan experience live bands autograph signings djs an led board showing college football games highlights it's gonna be pretty cool local food trucks uh the tailgate guys it's which is a company is going to team with byu in terms of new tailgating areas for the cougars the team cougar walk is going to go through this new canyon area just to the west of Lavelle Edwards Stadium where the traditional fan fest has been in the past. I would encourage you guys, take a minute, go to BYUCougars.com, read up on this. This is an exciting new development, and I think the BYU is being smart about this. The fan... The fan aspect of college football is something that has gone away, and BYU has struggled with it with the late kickoffs and whatnot. This is going to open three and a half hours before games. It's an opportunity to go hang out, get ready for the game, and then go inside and cheer on the Cougars. I think it's a fantastic new option, a very stout home schedule this year, and having this opportunity for BYU fans to go out and enjoy the 
aspects of hanging out with other BYU teams, getting autographs, still being able to catch up on all the other football going on around the country on Saturdays, etc. It's a fantastic new option. So if you want more details on that, go to BYUcougars.com. It was a cool out. Uh, it was a cool news item that came out of BYU Media Day yesterday when some of the other expected announcements didn't come. So check it out, guys. The new Cougar Canyon experience just outside Lavelle Edwards Stadium coming to you this fall with the BYU football season should be an exciting time. Thanks again for joining us on today's edition of Locked on Cougars. It's been a blast to bring it to you. Please subscribe, rate, and review the show. Make sure to plug in your smart device when you're driving around and tell it to play podcast Locked on Cougars. That way you're always up to date with the latest in BYU news. I'm Jay Catch, your host here. Thanks again for downloading the show. Go to Twillery.com today's sponsor on the show. Get 25 $25 off with that promo code locked on to get $25 off restocking shirts in your closet. Fantastic offer that they're giving to our listeners. We will get, catch you guys tomorrow. Thanks again for joining us. This has been Locked On Cougars for June 19th, 2019.